Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! Baseball and much more. You know what that makes you worry this is the hot corner with harrison lynch a deep dive on baseball and the hottest topics in sports the throw to the plate will be late the Mariners are going to play for the american league championship i don't believe it now here are your hosts for the hot corner patrick harris and mike lynch being new to the club how do you feel about the way things have gone for the indians so far i'm the only winner on the team the rest of them are losers, either by choice or by birth. The Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080. You play ball like a girl! The Fan. Happy Wednesday evening, everybody, and welcome into this week's edition of The Hot Corner. Patrick out today. He is out of town on business with his other job. So it is I and Joe with you today on the hot corner. Hello, Joe. Hello. Welcome back from your COVID quarantine. It's good to be back. I mean, I really didn't miss a week at all for this no. show at least. Well, but... yeah, I mean, you, uh, you tested positive Thursday morning, Yeah, <laughs> which was certainly a fun, uh, fun text to get. Cause I was sitting there like, really again, dude, it's not it's not to you. It's just I've had so many exposure issues since this started and uh still have yet to catch it. So that's that's nice for me, I suppose. But uh how you feeling? How you doing? All good. All good. Um You sound like your voice is fine. Yeah. No, it was it was uh not that bad. I was explaining it to you before the show mm-hmm. and you know, just really, really bad headache that was not fun for about uh twenty four, thirty six hours, something like that. And um, I was eating Panda Express by Friday night, so I was all good. <laughs> First of all, ew. Second of all, love me some Panda. Oh, do you? Yeah. We had this discussion, Suk and I, on a on a prime time when Rob was out in December, and I I think I made promos about it. He actually never wound up doing this, but he I don't know if you heard this, Joe, or not, but he said that Panda Express was on the metal stand of fast food, which I vehemently disagreed with. And then he moved the goalposts in classic Suk fashion and said, if I gave you 
four of the worst fast foods, including Panda Express, you would pick Panda as the best. And then he said he was going to go. Best of the worst. Right. Which I was like, well, you just said metal stand. But now that I've vehemently disagreed with you and fought back, now you're saying, well, it's the best of the worst. Um, He said he was going to go one day and bring in something from four places. I can't remember each place, but uh, it never, never happened. He, he said he tried one day and that because it's COVID and I guess the lines at fast food places are really long right now. So um, it never happened, but I've had Panda Express, I want to say, like once or twice, and, you know, it was uh, perfectly mediocre. Uh, it's fantastic. That orange chicken, man, I'll tell you what. That's what everyone was saying is that the orange chicken is particularly special. I, I mean, I I don't know if I had that in particular. I can't remember. It was a long time ago that I had it. They, like, there's, they like got 10 years ago, seven years ago. Crack cocaine addictive substance in that sauce because mm. there's a few bites of that where I'm like, oh, my God, this you've got to be kidding me right now. So that's my, my go-to order is the orange chicken, the mandarin chicken, which is just basically like teriyaki chicken and some uh, chow mein, and honey walnut shrimp. Very underrated. That is a, a really underrated dish at good Chinese restaurants as well. <laughs> you, you just have to pay an extra buck fifty for it. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's a tough sell for me sometimes. There's a, there's a place in Beaverton that I have found now. I am not a common consumer of Chinese food, which I know is shocking a Jewish person who doesn't just love Chinese food. Um, if you don't know that that's a stereotype, it is. Welcome. But uh, there, I always did it for Jewish Christmas because it was one of the places that was open. You, know, you go to a movie, go to get some Chinese food. And I, I tried multiple Chinese restaurants in the West Burbs area, you know, and just places that, that were near movie theaters or whatever, and just never found anything out here that I loved. There's a place called... Uh, Sichuan Garden in Beaverton on Walker. And they, they're a little bit more expensive, but the quality is so good. And their honey walnut prawns. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even love seafood. I don't even love shrimp. I will get that every GD time. We're talking about food, which Primetime was talking about food for two-thirds of the club. I heard. And I wasn't even trying to talk about food. But I'm so hungry from that club segment, and I can't have dinner till I get out of here after the show. I just immediately launched into more food conversation. Well, you got uh, guys. I'm gro- sorry, everybody. You got guys grocery games here on uh, the TV, which is, you know. Oh, yeah. I you, forgot I had that on there. It's usually what I come into on Wednesday nights is the Food Network, which I can't, you know, blame you at all. It's Well, you know, when it's. Absolutely love the Food Network. Uh, me too. It's, it's amazing. Uh, competition shows. Hell, yeah. Let's go. I don't know. I just I throw I throw stuff on the TV when there's not a lot of sports on that isn't sports because, you know, it's nice to break it up every now and then. If there's a good movie on, I'll usually put the movie on. But at three or four in the afternoon, there's not usually a good movie on. So (laughs) diners, drive-ins and dives or guys, grocery games or chopped is usually on over there. Yeah, I I would put uh, on my personal fast food metal stand. I'd probably put Panda on there. What would be your other two? Um, Wendy's. I think a Wendy's burger is one of the best mm-hmm. uh i really gotta think i think carl's jr makes a solid burger you could also add like Slash burger hardy's you could add burgerville in there if you want uh, yes. or burgerville yep yeah you know i i don't know if this counts as fast food but like shake shack is here now and they make good burgers yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's in the same realm or not to you the, I, I have yet to try them because the line always seems just 
unjustifiably long. I don't see a line when I drive past there. It's pretty pretty near my neighborhood. I usually go past there a couple times a week. I don't. Every time I've been at at least close to that little shopping area, it seems just unnecessary. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not I'm not waiting that long. God, I mean, I'm I, good. I, I I've talked about this before. I don't I don't really eat fast food. It's been a long time since I ate it regularly. Every once in a while, I'll have it. Uh, I mean, I think Burgerville is really good. If you get like their Tillamook cheddar burger, burger I like that a lot. Um, so I'd probably put that on my metal stand. If I'm including Shake Shack in this, then I would definitely put them in that. I love your Wendy's pick. Wendy's is criminally underrated burgers wise in terms of fast food uh, level of food. Like it's better than McDonald's. It's better than better than Burger King. It's better than Carl's Jr. It's fresh, never frozen, bro. And the square, the square patties, square patty. I remember going as a kid when I was uh, <laughs> a complete fat ass and getting like the triple decker and just like not even be able to fit my mouth around that thing. <laughs> Dude, that I, I love Wendy's. You can get chili, a baked potato if you want. Yep. Which to me is just weird for very a weird. <laughs> yep. <laughs> do they still do that? Are they still serving baked potatoes? Uh, probably. Home? I don't know. I don't know. That I think the last fast food nope, that's a lie. The the last fast food place as a kid that I ate in person, I think, was a Wendy's. <laughs> like sitting down at the table, not like leaving and just you eat it there. The last one I ate in person was Arby's and boy, let me tell you, Arby's Arby's is that's probably the worst fast food. But they're curly fries though. I mean, that, that is the one good thing about them is that they do curly fries. But other than that, I, I watched a extended, like, YouTube video. It was like a podcast or something of them trying different Arby's products. Like, they ordered, like, five, six different sandwiches, and they would just, you know, take them out of the wrapping and show them to the camera, like, what they look like. Mm-hmm. That's not consumable. That's not meat that they're putting in between. I mean... They say that if they have do the meat. I do not believe that. If you do that with they all. They have the horse meat. <laughs> we have the meat. Yeah. That if is you, not, no. If you do that with all fast food, though, you're going to get very similar experiences. Because they always, you know, they've they've got the, the Photoshop on the commercials. Or they've got the people who are yeah. professionally decorating them with, like, the perfect drop of ketchup coming off to make your mouth water. I hear you. And I feel like the. the you're big, not going to get anything that looks great. But if there's a bigger disparity there, there isn't a bigger disparity between Arby's commercials and what you actually get. I mean, like maybe. It is, Can I not introduce you to McDonald's? Which, boy, those look great on commercials. But when you get them, they're again, like the 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 like lettuce is sticking out one side, and the the bun is really dry, and the meat's like a weird color. Looks and, like someone elbow dropped it before they put it in the bag. Yeah, exactly. Like, why is there a dent in my sandwich? <laughs> yep. Yes, I I understand what you're saying, but I'm telling you, it's Arby's. Arby's has like some weird rainbow sheen to the meat that like, like uh, gasoline, <laughs> like, like when you're standing in a parking lot and there's like gas spilled and you see the colors. Exactly. It is not good at it's all. It's like gag worthy. <laughs> I, I have an Arby's within five minutes from my house and I've never once considered going to there ever. I will say roast beef and Swiss or uh, roast beef and cheese, the like small little sandwich. There's an Arby's over there? Uh over by like the Over by you? Southridge, Washington Square area. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, used to, I used to live really close to you. I don't remember there being an Arby's, but maybe well, I just blacked go. it out of my memory. Very forgettable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very forgettable. And then like the, and then people want to claim, like, oh dude, put some horsey sauce on it and that'll make it better. A horseradish sauce, that's what you're hanging your hat on. So strong that it will block any rainbow <laughs> oil flavors from your sweaty ham. 
Dude, it is roast beef. Now, hard pass on Arby's. That they have to be bottom ranking of fast foods. I wonder. Text us 503-250-1080. What is the worst fast food place in your humble They are the opinion? Detroit Lions of fast food. Mm, okay. The Detroit Pistons of fast food. I mean, I, I can't really disagree. I think I think the fact that they're known for their roast beef and cheese is disgusting in the first place. I don't like roast beef, so that's a that's a bias on my part. But <laughs> that's just like ah. it's like a nacho cheese. Yeah, it's like cheese whiz. Yeah, yeah. That is good on uh, Philly cheese sticks. That's not, not so good in that very in foul. that form. Very foul. Well, on the hot corner today, we are going to bring John Sukanik on in the uh, eight o'clock hour at the top of the hour. Patrick and I were going to talk about this last week, but we didn't get to it. We were going to discuss the fact that the Mariners have the number one ranked farm system in baseball. And the last few teams that have had the number one ranked farm system in baseball have eventually become competitive in the playoffs and or made a World Series. So we'll talk to him at 8 o'clock about that. I'm sure he doesn't want to hear a lick about that, but uh, we'll talk to him about that. There's also some updates on the lockout. We had the mediator stuff, which we'll get to. And then I also saw an article on ESPN. Andrew Miller, relief pitcher, has been in the meetings with the Players Association and actually kind of went through a lot of the process, not in like intricate detail because he's trying to protect the discussions, but talking about kind of what's going on and what they want. I thought that was really interesting as well. So we'll get to that. And because, well, it's the topic of the week, we'll get some Blazers in as well as they have made many trades and they are now tanking beyond tanking and it's fantastic. And uh, there's some excitement in Rip City again. So we'll get to that on the show as well. Again, Texas 503 250 1080, and then you can find us on the tweets. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter, and uh, Joe is at JoeFish3, F I S C H. And uh, Beers and Us podcast is not dropping tomorrow. It's likely going to be dropping on Friday because Patrick is out of town. So for those of you who listen to both of us, just know that uh, Friday is when we will likely be dropping the Baltic Porter episode as long as uh, schedules permit. But We'll give you an update on the lockout next. This is the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can over overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Somebody's gonna hurt 
This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. 503-250-1080 is the text line. This certainly uh, picked up a lot of texts from that conversation. It's actually pretty spread out. Although Joe pointed this out, and I believe based on this, the least liked fast food in... uh, in the area is Jack in the Box. Now, Jack in the Box is a place I've only had once in my life, and I did find it truly despicable. And this was in the height of my fatness and fast food eating, and I thought it was really, really dreadful. So um, I, could, I could probably agree with that. I didn't even think about it. It was not a place that I grew up around. There was not a lot of Jack in the Boxes out in the East Coast that I remember, at least. And that's the thing. I just think that Jack in the Box is just so off the radar. Like, you don't even consider it. Like, I want some fast food tonight. All right, what do I want? McDonald's, some T-Bell, I want Burger King. Maybe I go with a Popeye's chicken sandwich. And then you think, Jack, oh, I, yeah, I guess there's Jack in the Box. You know what? I'm good on that. Um, this texture says... Even I think they're saying I, I got to find the full text, but I think he was saying that basically a lot of the burgers generally in, in the area are not as good as he wants. I hard disagree with that. He even said even killer burger is not that great. Hard disagree. Well, you just have to take out a second mortgage if you're going to. No, that's that's five guys. Five guys is the one where like you get a burger and end up paying like fifteen dollars for it, it seems. They, well, they charge like two dollars for each additional topping. Well, they don't charge that much for each additional topping. I mean, Killer Burgers expensive, like more expensive. The burgers are like eleven bucks, ten bucks. I don't know, man. I I love Killer Burger. Like, not all of their burgers are amazing, but their peanut butter pickle bacon burger is still haven't tried it. Is a goat, and uh, I really like their uh, their blue cheese burger as well. I think it's really good. But you're right. I mean, it's not fast food prices. You, you got to be willing to spend a little bit more on those burgers. I like Five Guys too. I usually get like a. I either I either get like a barbecue like hot saucy one because you can kind of alternate what you put on there and I'll put like the grilled onions on it or put I'll some get pinos on there. Uh, yeah, sometimes I do. And then or I'll do like a classic. I'll just get lettuce, tomato, onion, mayo, cheese on and a bit on the bacon burger. And it's really good. It's also horrible for you. But uh, you know what? Sometimes it's really good. They make great shakes, too. Mm. I'm hungry. This person says White Castle, go to hell. I love White Castle. <laughs> uh, never had White Castle because it's mostly on the East Coast, Midwest, whatever. We don't have any White Castles over here, unfortunately. One of my favorite movies, though. Uh, this person is in and says uh, Szechuan Garden is so good. Yes. And this person said Lynn's China Jade in Beaverton. I have had that. Also delicious. Really authentic. Both, you know, you always have the joke of like, if you go into the place and most of the people in there are uh, of the uh, of the race of the type of food it is, then you're probably at the right place. And I went into Lynn's China Jade, and the same thing goes for Szechuan Garden. I walked in, and it was like 80% Asian people. And I was like, this is the spot. This is the spot. <laughs> I, know, I found a good place. This is the spot. Um, all right. Let's move off the food. It's making me very hungry. I haven't eaten since. How about we look up, like, best MLB stadium food, top three. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Oh, hold on. I know I said we're going to move on. I'm very hungry. I have, I have to wait to eat dinner and I'm starving. Joe said look up the double down dog from KFC. <laughs> For those of you who don't remember, the double down sandwich from KFC was the 
sandwich that instead of buns, they had two fried chicken patties <laughs> and put the t- the filling on the inside of the chicken patties with, and you held with like bacon and like, and some like sort of cheese, multiple sauces and cheese. Yeah. yeah. And you literally held it by the fried chicken. They gave it to you in like a wrapper that you could hold it in, but eventually you got to hold the sandwich and it was hot and greasy and hard to eat. I didn't know they made this. They made a double down hot dog where they made <laughs> a curled like a bun fried chicken and just put a hot dog in it and like some sort of sauce. And looking up the pictures of the non-doctored advertisement version of yeah, it. Non-promo photos. <laughs> oh my God, it looks disgusting. An abomination. <laughs> it looks so bad. <laughs> It always is so much smaller than they make it look, too. So go look that up if you haven't seen that. I'm sure it probably tastes good because, you know, it's fried chicken and hot dogs. Like, probably tastes good together, but... I, I just think that's something, if I ordered it and then I, like, pulled it out of the wrapper, I'd just be like, I, I can't do this. Just looking at it, like... <laughs> I, 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 just, I can't. I've made a, a huge mistake. I can't do this. can't do this. All right, let's, uh, let's give you a quick little update on the lockout situation before we get into the Andrew Miller stuff. Last week, we did discuss this on the show, and I think I made a comment about it, too. The The league asked for a federal mediator to come and be part of the CBA discussions. And the players then had to either accept or decline having a mediator. On the show last week, I said, MLB is doing this to have a win-win situation PR-wise on their hands. Because if they ask for a mediator and then the players say yes and the mediator comes in and and then baseball starts because they helped figure out the situation, baseball wins, right? It was their decision to bring the mediator in. The mediator's the reason why we got to the agreement that we did. We win. On the flip side, if the players said, no, we're not doing that, the league wins. Because the league's like, well, look, we're we're trying to work this out with you, and the we want to bring a mediator in, but those players, players they're not working hard enough. Them. And I think what Major League Baseball didn't understand this time is that I think we're paying much closer attention to the process this year as baseball fans than we ever had in any sort of work stoppage in the past. And I think we realize the league is – full of bleep like I think we realize that all of this is their fault and I think for the first time in a very long time in any sports labor disagreements generally speaking the fans are on the side of the players normally and it's 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 the incorrect way to look at it but it's easy to get sucked into the I just want the sport back. The players need to stop whining. They make so much money. Just get back out there and play. You know, that's a pretty normal thought to have. We don't make millions of dollars. Maybe some of you out there do, but we don't make millions of dollars doing what we do. They make so much money. Stop complaining and just go play baseball. This is the one sport I love to death. Let me watch my sport. But I think we're realizing now that, especially with the information that's come out about this lockout, is what the players want is better for the game. They want to get rid of the service time manipulation so that more young stars come up sooner. You know, they want to have their salaries match the amount of revenue that the sport is making. There's there's graphs out there showing the 
the in increasing growth of the amount of money teams and owners are making and the not equally increasing growth of the salaries. It used to be pretty on par with each other. And now it's kind of, there's a huge gap that's widening. When we see that, we go, oh, so the owners are really just not paying the players at the same level that they should be. And then the third thing is the players are are sick and tired of teams tanking. They don't want these teams to spend no money and not win. So if you're a fan of those teams, you should be on the player's side, right? I mean, the Rays are a huge outlier on this, that they are one of the, the cheapest teams in baseball, but they win. But all the other ones are not like that, right? Pittsburgh sucks. Cleveland has had some good moments, but generally they're pretty non-competitive. Um, Miami sucks. Tampa is the outlier. You want those teams to be competitive. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. The Orioles suck. Yes, the Orioles suck. Spend like payroll was like 20 mil, 30 mil last year. So it's, I think we've kind of reached the point now where we're on the player's side. And I think that's the right side to be on as a fan. The players are millionaires. The owners are billionaires. It's a lot of money for both sides, but usually the players are in the right in these, in these scenarios, right? Think about it's like a corporation and their workers. Corporation wants to make the most money they can make. And they squeeze out their employees in some instances because they want to make more profits. That's how you should be viewing lockouts in sports. The amount of money is different, but it's still the same kind of picture that's being painted. 100%. No, I I mean, during this whole process, I've never once thought that, oh, well, you know, the players, maybe they should just, whatever the players want, I'm going to take their word for it and believe them because they, they want to play. The owners want to make money. They want to have things work in their favor to make as much money as possible and to protect their back end more so than the players do. The players want to just get out on the field and get to spring training and start playing the game that they love. So I'm not going to take any iota on the owners. It's always going to be the players to me that they know what's best and they know what's right and they have the best um, intentions in mind. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of where we sit. The players said no to the mediator um, and – Nobody batted an eye. Everyone was like, yeah, that makes sense. Everyone saw through what MLB was trying to do. Um, So now we're back at the stalemate again. And we just saw this literally an hour before the show started. It was coming out that Major League Baseball is going to present another fig leaf, another option, whatever you want to call it, to the players on Saturday, I believe it is. And uh, it's going to be about the core economic issues as well as some other stuff. And they're going to go back to the table and they're going to talk about it. And I think that is at this point, it's what we need the most is we need them to sit down multiple times a week. I don't care how angry everyone gets. I don't care how, how embattled all these meetings are. Just get in there and figure it out because spring training for a lot of teams Pitchers and catchers were reporting February 14th. That's Valentine's Day. That's Monday of next week. I mean, we're less than a week away from what for a lot of for a lot of teams, for some teams, was going to be the start of spring training. And we knew that spring training games could be lost in this whole situation. But that means we're getting dangerously close to losing real games. 
And we talked about this last week. We talked about it in December when the lockout started. The time to be concerned is, well, now. February. If we're in February and nothing's happened, be nervous. Well, we're in February and very little has happened. There have been some back and forth. There have been some concessions made by either side, more from the players than from the league. Be worried. And I'm happy the players didn't say yes to a mediator because I think we all know who's at fault here. And that's Rob Manfred and that's the owners. And he will be meeting with the press tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure to... uh, put out a really nice message to get fans to support the league and say something really negative about the players. You're going to pull blazers and be like, you know what? For this season, we're going to release this 75th bottle of wine. Since we merged the AL and NL to celebrate <laughs> like, so this isn't about the lockout. Oh no, we're just releasing this uh, bottle of wine. Nothing to see here. Yeah. So uh, no questions. The that, o- that's it. The other thing I talked about this last week we don't need to have a lockout in order for the CBA to get redone. The league mandated the lockout because they said it will spur conversations forward and put more pressure on both sides to get it done. Well, they did that and then didn't meet with the players for a month plus. So what you really should do, and you know what will make fans not mad at you as much? End the lockout, start spring training, and figure the CBA out before the season starts. I mean, wouldn't that be the best? Like, fans will be distracted. Fantasy drafts are coming up. Spring training. Free agent signings can happen again. Teams are building. Oh, look at look at over here. Shiny light, shiny light. And, and then they can figure it out. You know, like I, why not? Why not do that? Text us 503-250-1080. Coming up next, Andrew Miller, the... Cardinals reliever is 36 years old. Actually, he's a free agent right now, formerly of the Cardinals and many other teams, Um, has been one of those players in the room during the negotiations. And he sat down with ESPN and talked about what's going on in the room. So I'd like to read a little bit about that and react to it. So we'll get to that next. First, Joe has sports. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Woo. Urban Dictionary in the break, guys. That's where we are on the show today. Hot Corner till 9 o'clock. It's uh, Mike and Joe edition today. Patrick will be back next week. Beers on Us will drop likely on Friday this week as Patrick is out of town middle of this week. And we'll post this uh, on the Les Shop Tires podcast once the show is if you want to hear some fast food slash burger talk and then lockout talk for the first hour. This was posted on ESPN a couple days ago. And I appreciated the thought of doing this. And I appreciate that a player is willing to 
talk somewhat openly about this, and that is a key word, somewhat, because there's not a lot of details in here. But uh, Andrew Miller, reliever, most recently of the Cardinals free agent at the moment, was interviewed by ESPN, and he is a guy who has been in the negotiation room with the Players Association and has been there for, I don't know about every meeting, but whatever players have been involved, he has been there. And uh, he pretty honestly answered some questions about what was going on. So I just want to read through some of it. And um, he did say that the lockout doesn't have to be happening, which is kind of what I alluded to last segment. He said, they're, they're using this as some form of leverage against us, so we aren't, we're, aren't allowed to communicate with our coaches and our team. But we just want to get the CBA done. We don't need to be in a lockout to do that. He says, our CBA is up. In some ways, a lot of it is financial, but we feel like we've been screaming this from the top of the rooftop. We have major concerns about the competition throughout the league. Tanking has become far too common of a term. There are all sorts of pieces. There's major topics fans will understand, and things are kind of behind the scenes. There are a lot of moving pieces. So what the players are really worried about is the competition level. And Well, that's part of what they're worried about. And I wonder how much of that is like how many players sign a contract with a team or on a team and they just lose all the time. And you just like you're stuck on a losing franchise with no reason to really try harder it kind of damages like the career of some of these players. I think about all of these pirates who have been stuck in the last few years. And then for example, Starling Marte, right? He then goes to Oakland this year and has an amazing second half for a team in the playoff hunt. I think about Gregory Polanco on that team or God, it's been so long since I've, watched a baseball game i'm forgetting some of the great pirates players that were stuck on bad franchises i mean mccutcheon for a while right um you don't want to be a player on a bad team and when you're in a sport that has a third of the team straight up tanking i mean the nba is guilty of this too this is not a it's not just a baseball problem but we're talking just about baseball right now it you know a third of the players are miserable Right? Like you're still playing a sport and you're still getting paid a lot of money, but I mean, you're not winning. You're not doing anything. Like you think Trey Mancini's happy? He's he's happy that he's survived cancer. I was going to (laughs) say. But is he happy that his team can't win more than like 60 games in a year? I I can't imagine the mental gymnastics and like the mental preparation of a player on some of these teams. Like every day you just go in and go to work knowing that it's somewhat futile as a team effort. So you just have to, I mean, it happens in sports all the time. You know, your team sucks. So you just have to kind of figure out your why, what's your purpose in playing right now and performing and showing up. But baseball, it's, I feel like it's even worse because it's every single day Mm -hmm. you are playing a game and going out and having to compete and play your best. And it's just like mid July, August, you know your team, you're 30 games below five, whatever the case is. Like, how the hell do you do that? Yeah, like, how do you get motivated to play? And then it, how do you it, care about the other guys in your locker room and really like giving us about any of it? Mm-hmm. Like, it's that's just it's crazy. And maybe that hampers your development as a player, and that further hurts that team anyway. And you know, yeah, they're getting draft picks and they're 
you know, they're trying to get a bunch of good young talent, but you know, it's worked. Some teams have done it and it works, but other teams feel like they're perennially tanking. Uh, he was asked, obviously things are going slow. What isn't the league hearing you on? And he goes, they've heard us on everything. Nothing discussed with them should be a surprise. Since the last couple of CBAs, we've seen changes in the way the league has operated, how the markets have worked. And it's something that we have publicly been very forward about. It needs addressing. The time to do that is through collective bargaining. For example, service time manipulation has come to the forefront. This hyper-efficiency of teams trying to maximize everything instead of putting the best team on the field for the fans is a problem. It's affecting a handful of players, but it's not right for them to be manipulated. And there have been rebuilds in the past, but the cycles were much shorter. Teams are announcing it now, telling their fans that we're not going to compete because we've all come to the realization that draft picks are valuable. Yeah, I mean, your team, Joe, is a, is a perfect example of this in the Orioles. How many years in a row now has it been playing for draft picks? Four? Five? Well, if you include the 60-game season, they had a chance there at the end to try and make the playoffs. So. Yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a few years in a row now. Yeah, so it's like what the Blazers are trying to do right now, and we'll talk Blazers later, is a quick rebuild, right? They're trying to go, okay, what we were doing wasn't working. We have one piece we like a lot in Damian Lillard that we want to keep. Well, I guess three pieces if you count Simons and Little. Um, maybe have a fourth with Nurkic. Otherwise, we need to do a quick turnaround because we're going to waste the prime of X player, Lillard, and we need to do it now. And in baseball, that's not happening quite as frequently. I mean, I know my team did it. The Yankees did it. The one year they missed the playoffs in 2017, I think it was, when they traded Eraldis Chapman to the Cubs and they traded Andrew Miller to the Indians and then wound up getting Chapman back anyway. They got a couple of good young prospects and, you know, you can argue whether or not they panned out because obviously Clint Frazier is gone now and that didn't work and Gleyber Torres has been inconsistent. But they did a quick little reset, right? The Red Sox have done a quick reset because they were bad for a year or two and now they're back to being good again. I think that's what the players want to see more from a lot of these teams. They don't want the Pirates to lose every year. They don't want the Marlins to lose every year. They don't want the Orioles to lose every year. They want them to, to realize that they can do these quick resets and they, and they want to put rules into place to help them do it more effectively. Um, we got to take a break. I want to get to a little bit more from this next before we get to John at the top of the eight o'clock hour. But uh, Andrew Miller says it's heated in these meetings. We'll get to a couple of other things that he's brought up. This is Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Seven fifty one here on the fan hot corner Mike and Joe edition today. Wanted to get to that part first in the song talking about the uh, Andrew Miller conversation that he had with ESPN. There's an article under the MLB section on there. If you scroll down just a little bit, it was a couple days ago. He did say that uh, it's been pretty heated and, and been pretty passionate. He, when asked what's it like in the negotiating room, he says it's all over the place. It can get hot because we're passionate about this. I'm passionate about finding a way to address the issues, and I'm passionate about the sport. If it means someone raises their voice or uses a word that is four letters long, so be it. But ultimately, we're meeting. We're talking. Sometimes it's prettier than others. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, there have been reports out that said it was very heated. 
Which is good. I feel like, I mean, yeah, you want to be cordial and you want to have a, a peaceful negotiation, but if one side is just dug in like a tick on something that seems so obvious to you, I, I don't mind if there's any sort of emotions going on there. One thing he did bring up in this, and this is what we'll, we'll, where we'll wrap this up, is the question was, did you take the proposal to address service time manipulation as great, let's reward teams for doing the right thing? Some of your colleagues did. And he said, it's complicated. Creativity is great. And I don't know that it can be a piece of the, uh, the puzzle, but that needs to be addressed. The Chris Bryant situation was so obvious that's something that's bad for everyone. That was bad for the sport. Everyone knows it. Chris Bryant, if you remember, was intentionally held down by the Cubs early in his career, even though um, I can't remember the player who was who was playing third for the Cubs at the time. I want to say it was like, I don't know, like Brock Holt or something like that. Like they were like, ah, he's our starting third baseman for this year when Chris Bryant was one of the best prospects in baseball, killing it in the minors. And they waited until whatever the date was, May 10th to call him up and have him be the starter. And he actually filed a grievance against MLB asking for his free agency to happen a year sooner because he felt wronged by the fact that the Cubs held him down, even though he was more than ready to come up and play. And of course the grievance failed and he was actually traded last year to the Giants and got way more of a haul for the Cubs because he had two years left on his deal at the time. I think it was, I, I can't remember the exact numbers of it, but he had more time left on his deal, which made him more valuable, which meant the Cubs got more for him. And that's all because they kept him down for an extra month and a half in his rookie season and manipulated his service time. And I I agree with the players on that. Like, you should not be intentionally making your team worse just to have one player be there for one year longer. That should not be allowed. That is bad for the sport. That is bad for the development of your players. And that's bad for your fans. And frankly, that should seem bad to the owners too. And, you know, I, I know that they're looking at it from, we get to keep this player longer, but wouldn't she be putting more butts in seats and making more money at the stadium if you brought Chris Bryant up when he was ready. Imagine the buzz around that for an extra month or multiple months of games. You know, it's... And then on the flip side of that, if you don't manipulate the service time, look at what the Padres did with Fernando Tatis, for example. You bring him up when he's super young and then you give him a, a big contract early. Over time, that's actually going to save you some money because Tatis's contract is big, but imagine what he could make in five years. You kind of, you got him at a pretty good deal at this point, or what the Braves did with Ozzie Albies and with Ronald Acuna Jr. You know, they they signed him to long-term deals that were very cheap for what their value is going to be, but at the time, you know, they're they're really young players and that's what they get. And then, you know, you look at the Mariner side of it, which is they held Kelnick down, and, you know, Kelnick didn't wind up being really fully ready last year, but he was hitting like 330 at AAA and just raking, and they just, nope, nope. Nope. Got to wait, got to wait, got to wait. And they held him back for the service time. Like that's, I, I remember John being so frustrated about it. And he even got into like to an argument with one of the Mariners reporters because she was like shilling for the team. And it's like so obvious that you're hurting the fans and the team by holding them, holding that player down. 
So yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I hope I hope the league looks at things around that and makes a change because I think that benefits both sides. I think that's good for everybody. Get your best players up. Don't wait. Well, if it uh you know, it kind of lends screens to this conversation I was thinking today. I'm like, all right, I really want baseball to happen this year because I want to go catch a game. I was like, I want to go up to Seattle and watch a game this year. And my thought was, all right, when are the Orioles playing? Okay. Then my next thought was, will Adley Rutschman be playing? Mm-hmm. I was like, because if he is not playing, I was like, I really, I was like, that's less of a reason for me wanting to go up. I mean, there's all there's the local tie for me, um, not only for Oregon State, but he went to Sherwood High School, which is the high school I went to, and now he's on my favorite team, the Orioles. So, like, I really want to see him in the major leagues now. And I was, I just told myself, I'm like, I don't want to invest that time and money going to the ballpark and spending, spending all that to go watch an Orioles team, which is probably going to suck again, unless one of the best prospect, the best prospect according to the rankings, is going to be playing in that game. And so, because of that, and we'll see what the Orioles decide to do. You you just lost at least two tickets. <laughs> you lost my money there. Yeah, but I mean, if you extrapolate that out to plenty of fans making similar decisions, then yeah, you're losing money. Yep, exactly. You know? Got this text that says, also teams not trying to compete equals teams not spending money, cuts down a free agent list by like 25%, and those teams circle back and take money from revenue sharing. I think a salary floor should be a must-ask from the player's side. I mean, yeah, we've talked about this multiple times in the show. I think you should have a salary floor, and I think it should be pretty significant. I think you should put it at 75 to 100 mil. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Which right now is a third of the league is under that number. So yep. make them spend money on players and make them more competitive. Like I said, I'm pretty sure the Orioles last year at some points, they were putting out on the field payroll total was like less than 20 mil. Mm-hmm. It was, I, well, I think it was like 23 or something yeah. like that. It was pretty bad sometimes. Yeah. I think, I think the, the guardians now, the former Indians were the lowest last year um, and still are the lowest right now. But yeah, I think the Orioles were like third lowest. I think the Marlins were down there. Pirates were down there. You know, just really, really, really not spending any money. And those teams get boatloads of money from revenue sharing because they're really small markets generally. And Andrew Miller said in his piece, he goes, that's not the spirit of the of the rule. Like, you're supposed to get that money and red, uh, redistribute it into the team. But instead, you're just pocketing it for yourself and spending $25 million on your team. That's not how that rule should work. They should not be able to be like, ooh, thanks, Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox. I'm just going to keep this for myself. I, they should be putting that back into the team and spending the money. All right, let's take a break. Coming up next, we will be joined over the phone by John Stakanik as the Mariners now have the number one farm system in baseball, and that's usually a pretty good sign. We'll talk to him next. This is the Hot Corner on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.